Travel Squad podcast. We're four friends that grew up together in the same small town. We followed each other to San Diego, and now we adventure the world together. One passport stamp at a time. We're here to share our travel stories and inspire you to go on your own adventures. Even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. Kim. And I'm Dana. And And we're we're the Travel Squad podcast. So grab your ticket, your passport, and don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Welcome to episode 79 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we are going to break down the pros and cons of staying at a hotel, Airbnb, timeshare, and hostel. We're also going to give you a lot of tips on how we research these locations and some funny stories and insight of our experiences along the way. Hotels can be such an experience. You know I love the robes and the slippers and the AC, but so can rooming with strangers and beer pong into the late hours of the night and a younger crowd screaming at the bar right outside of your hostel room. But hotels, hostels, Airbnbs, timeshares they all bring something unique and special to your trip and depending on who you're with how long you're going where you're going the situation will kind of determine which one's best for your trip so I used to do a lot of traveling on my own in my early 20s um, and I've stayed at my very fair share of hostels so I'm looking forward to discussing that because let me tell you I am going to talk about the pros there's a lot of pros about staying at a hostel and at the same time I've reached that age where I'm just so over that shit who's stayed at a hostel here me me <laughs> we've stayed at a hostel we've yes all stayed in one but have you stayed at one by yourself negative no. only no. squad ventures mm, okay see that changes the game up a little bit so i can't wait to get into all of this well it's perfect because hostels is first up that we're going to talk about however i do want to say zayna you have not convinced me otherwise to stay at a hostel outside of a squad trip because i remember back to our belize episode you and nicole were talking about a hostel called dirty mcnasty which i <laughs> I don't know if that really seems like a place I'm like, oh, yeah, I should stay there. So, you know, that's some of the cons or pros maybe of uh, hostels is the name and what it brings to the table. huh? It's it's a little bit of a wild card. You never know what you're going to get. Well, keeping with the hostels, let's talk about some of the pros, though, because I really don't want to rag on them. They are a fun experience. One of the biggest pros is they are cheap. And by cheap, I mean inexpensive in terms of cost wise. And they save the traveler you a lot of money in the process. Super affordable. In fact, you can even in a lot of hostels volunteer to work there in exchange for your free stay. Like it's that cheap. Have you done that? I haven't. No, but you know what? When I used to travel through Europe and I was staying at hostels, you always saw help wanted um, for the different hostels. And so you're right. I mean, it is a really amazing way to meet people while staying in one place and planting roots. But, you know, like Jamal said, super cheap and affordable. This is my early 20s. So if I were to be in my early 20s again, then hell yeah, I'm going to be staying at hostels. So it really is a great option when you are looking to save money. I know we did hostels when we did squad trip and we're staying in Cusco and we were excited about it for many reasons one because most people that were staying there were obviously going to go to Machu Picchu just like us regardless if they were going to hike it or take the train so that's the good thing about hostels is that you 
get a specific type of traveler that has most likely shared and aligned interests in you on what you're going to be doing while you're there. Does anybody remember the name of the hostel in Cusco that we stayed at? Parawana, I think is what it was called. Parawana. Yes, yeah. that was my first hostel experience and also my first like real international trip. And what a great hostel that was. Super fun. It had hacky sacks, ping pong tables, bean bags to sit and drink the coca tea. The coca tea I think at night they tap. had like beer pong competitions and things like that. So it really is a fun, lively atmosphere. But that goes back to what you were saying earlier, Kim, in the intro, is that it really depends on what type of trip you're trying to have, which will really dictate what's going to be better line for you. Hostel, hotel, Airbnb, timeshare. And if you are a backpack traveler or looking to meet like-minded people and share fun experiences with, hostel would be good for you. I see somebody here wanted to mention that this is a great place to meet romantic interests. Dana, <laughs> do you have friends. any stories of that from your early 20s? I, you know, there was one time I was, oh shoot, where was it? I think I was in Croatia. Yes, I was in Croatia because when I got there, I made friends with the girl who was working at the front desk. And so she was like, oh, well, you know what? I Right now I have you in a room with a German and another nationality. I don't even remember, right? But two different nationalities. So she's like, do you want me to put you in that room or I can put you in the room with the three Spanish boys? And I was like... <laughs> you wanted the Spaniards. And I was like, oh my God, put me in the room with the three Spanish boys. <laughs> so she did that for me, which was really nice. But they ended up um, being boring and they just wanted to be on their computer the entire time. And I wasn't really there to stay in the hostel. Were right? they cute? Um... Sounds like they should have gotten a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like they're saving money, right? And if you're more than one person, it's not as bad, right? But when you are by yourself, then you're just meeting all those different people. Or I remember being in Paris once and I was meeting up with a girlfriend who was there with her sister. And so they were in their own place. But I stayed at a hostel and the hostel could fit up to six people in one room. And so the room that they put me in, since I was all by myself, was with five other Polish girls. And they were so fun. And every time I ran into them, we were always laughing and just having fun. And they kept inviting me to go out with them. And I was like, I really, really would. But I'm, you know, I'm here with a friend and we're just, you know, they're with their dad. But anyways, like you can just always meet people and it's a really good time. Not only that, but they usually also sell different tours. So I know when we were in Cusco and we discovered our hostel was selling tours to Rainbow Mountain, we got so excited and we jumped on that spontaneous trip. So it's like experiences that weren't in your plans that you discover through your hostel is a big pro. Yeah, because the person who's working the front desk knows that stuff. So you can always ask them. Yeah, another pro, and we didn't even put this in the show notes, like the hostel we stayed at had a place to do laundry at, at a pretty reasonable oh, price. That's right. And so we were going to continue on our adventure to Machu Picchu, and we had the opportunity to wash our laundry before we went, which was really cool. We even rented a towel from them that we brought with us to Machu Picchu. We did. <laughs> that's true. Good memory. Did we share it three ways too? <laughs> we may have shared it three ways. Was that the towel for the shower experience yeah. uh, on day three? Oh, yeah. Also, another pro is some hostels offer free breakfast. Fuck them hard. Woo. And the hostel that we stayed at in Cusco did offer a pretty legit free breakfast. Oatmeal? It had like oatmeal, yeah, breads. Some fruits, danishes. They had a lot of stuff, your coffee, your teas. Even outside of breakfast, they had a coffee and tea station that you can go to regularly. Obviously, in that cafeteria area, then they will sell meals for lunch, dinner, those 
those aren't free. But if you stay at the right hostel, fuck them hard and get that <laughs> free breakfast buffet. And you know, gotta say it, we love the breakfast buffets. Hostels are known to have them more often than not. Then that one we stayed at also had a restaurant. And I remember being there when there was a soccer, soccer tournament game. of some kind on and it was just packed full of people drinking and cheering. It was football, Kim. Football. 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 Yes. <laughs> we were in South America. Got to call it the right term. I've stayed at a hostel once where I was the only person there. Not even just like the room to myself, but the entire hostel was to myself. Wow. And yeah. So this was in Split, Croatia. And I showed up and the guy who was running it had a note on the door saying that I'm out to dinner with my family, but here's my number for when you arrive. And I called him and he came running and he was actually, he was, I think a few years older than me and he was so fucking good looking. <laughs> he was a really good looking guy. So anyways, no one was there. Like this is an entire hostel with maybe like 10 or 12 rooms, not a single person because I was there in off season. So he had to open it up for me. He gave me a room and he's like, but no one else is here. So like <laughs> it was like legit. The entire place was to myself. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a good pro to mention too is just because the room has six beds or eight beds or 12 beds doesn't mean they'll all be filled. I was in Thailand with a group of friends there was four of us total and we had a room of six and no one ever used those other two beds. So we had the room to ourselves private, just like it was a hotel, but like a fraction of the cost. Fuck them hard. And while that can be a pro, that's a perfect segment into the cons because that can definitely be a con. We may not get so lucky. And then, yes, you are sharing rooms with people, with strangers, which if people are staying in hostels, they should be respectful. Usually most people are, but let's not kid ourselves. Lots of people are not respectful. So you got to be mindful of, hey, can some of my stuff be stolen potentially. I mean, it's a reality. It definitely can happen. And also too, you are sharing room with strangers. So maybe they're snorers. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're just night creatures and not respectful of quiet while you're trying to sleep. So you have all maybe those possibilities. Yes. Or they're on a different schedule and they're getting up for a hike to go at three in the morning, but you're sleeping in or trying to sleep in that day. I remember one night, I think this is somewhere in Europe and it was me and Nicole, who you'll know from Belize and the Mexican wedding episode. And we're trying to go to bed and the lights are off. But there was two people who would not stop talking and it was in another language and it kept getting louder and louder. And so finally, one of the other guys who was there turned on the light and he's like, hey, mate, we're all trying to sleep. It's fine. To keep it down a little. I, I can't even do an accent. I like right? your Australian accent. That you did. Mom, keeping it down a little. I love how you did the Australian That was one. actually supposed to be British. <laughs> well, that sounded Australian. All of us took it for Aussie. I could yes. speak for everybody else. But anyway, it was good nonetheless. Well, one thing Jamal did mention and... And, and it's a great squad tip is you should have a lock if you're staying in a hostel. A lot of hostels have an area where you can put your suitcase or your belongings and then what you want to do is while you're out, lock it up so nothing can get stolen. Absolutely. And keeping with the shared room itself, hostels have shared restrooms. So do keep that in mind. Some hostels, specifically rooms in particular, not all the rooms within the hostel, will have in-suite restrooms. So those are obviously more expensive. So again, you get what you pay for. Otherwise, you're in communal unisex bathrooms for the most part, unless you have an in-suite restroom. When we were in Cusco, we were in a six-person sleeping quarters that had a restroom specifically for us. So since we were four of the six, you know, it wasn't too bad. I don't want to say we were hogging it because we definitely weren't, but it definitely makes a difference when you're the majority in the room, I feel like. Yeah, we did splurge a little bit on the in-suite <laughs> bathroom. And let me tell you something. Let's just think, we were in Peru and 
there was so many rooms to that hostel. If we didn't have an in-suite bathroom, you can't flush toilet paper down the toilet. So you have to be mindful of how often they're being cleaned because if you're going, I mean, to be honest, if you're going number two and everyone else is going number two, all of that trash is piling up (laughs) in the trash can because you can't flush it down the toilet. And that's one thing just in general, maybe people don't know. The United States is one of the very few countries that allows you to flush toilet paper down. Lots of places, especially in Latin America or even places in Europe, no toilet paper down the toilet. So that's what Brittany's referencing. If you're in that communal bathroom, she's worried about the pileup. She mentions that <laughs> because she's notorious for doing the pileup. No, oh no God. pun intended. <laughs> Have you ever had to wake up in the middle of the night, three in the morning, and you're just like, man, I cannot wait until the morning to pee. So you have to find the keys, lock the door, and then walk all the way down the hall in your pajamas to go find a restroom. Sounds like you know that. And it sounds like it sucks. I know it very well. Yeah. But you know what? You get used to it. You also know what it's like to get up in the middle of the night and barf your brains out. (laughs) In a hostel. Luckily, we had an in-suite. Yeah, I was about to say, we splurged on that, right? We got that in-suite. Well, that's a good point, though, that on-suite really sometimes is isn't that much more than a a dorm with no bathroom. So check the prices, compare. And if you're a backpacker who like every $5 counts, then, you know, go with what you got to go with. But if you have a little wiggle room, then the ensuite usually isn't a splurge up from the other rooms. And another thing that you should know about hostels, which could be a con, is that it does have an age limit at some of them. So it is really that younger person. Can you feel. believe that we are too old to stay at some hostels? That's discrimination. Really? Yeah, I remember. I'm offended. I remember being young in my early 20s and seeing those on hostelworld.com, and I'm just like, oh man, that sucks. What are they gonna do? But now that I am that age, I'm just like, okay, I know what they're gonna do. They're gonna get a fucking hotel. (laughs) 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 They're gonna be comfortable. But that's another good point because that brings us to another con: is hostels can be loud. Because I don't want to say everybody who's there is really there to party, but again, you can see with some places having age requirements in general. You know, backpackers other cheap travelers and by cheap I mean you know just looking to save a buck exploring the city that they're staying in a really good way it can lead to a little bit more rowdiness so if you're looking for some peace and quiet regardless if it's in the room or not you're probably going to have noise on the outside with those beer pong tournaments some places even have movies that are watched in a communal area and so you can hear it so do keep that in mind it is going to be a little bit more loud and not a lot of quiet. Another con is that you're not going to get your robe and your slippers at a hall So says Lush Beast over here. You can bring your own though. You can bring your own, but also you might not get even a towel. You might have to rent a towel or the soap dispensers and things like that. Basically the amenities are cut to a minimum to keep that hostel price down. And you want to bring your slippers for the shower, too, because you definitely don't want to go barefoot into those showers. Zayna's walked out with athlete's foot, if I remember. <laughs> I have not walked out with athlete's foot. I brought my shoes. I may not always bring my gloves, but I brought my shoes for the showers. But hostels are a really fun place to stay. They can have a lot of cons, but they can also have a lot of pros. Some of the best search platforms in terms of finding the appropriate hostel for you will be HostelWorld.com, HostelGeeks.com. 
Bookers.com and HostelBookers.com. Hey, Zaina, when you booked that fabulous beachfront hostel, what platform did you use? That was, um, are you talking about Belize or the time that we accidentally booked a tent instead? <laughs> That's what I was referring to, the tent. <laughs> I think it was HostelWorld.com. I mean, I always just used to do everything from HostelWorld.com. But yeah, when Nicole and I were at the border of Mexico to go into Belize, we ended up renting a hostel room that night, but it accidentally ended up being a tent. So we all had our own <laughs> tents outside on the beach, which is pretty cool. But again, like I'm getting a little bit old. And so a lot of the reason why I was like joking around at the beginning about like, I don't want to stay at hostels anymore is you get used to a certain type of lifestyle. But if I could be in my early 20s again, I don't want to. But if I could be, I would stay at hostels and I would go as cheap as fucking possible. And just so everyone knows, Anna's pushing 40 now. Whoa, <laughs> not that old. Middle of the road there. I think being that I'm 31 years old, I would still consider staying at a hostel if I was going to do like a month long Europe trip or, or month long Latin America trip. Or but something. will they let you? <laughs> and there are some that I will not be qualified with that. I have to get a fake ID to be younger. <laughs> but again, I think that goes to the point. It depends on what it is you're trying to do on the trip, right? You know, if it depending on what you're trying to do, the location. So again, hostels can be fun, but they can have some cons too with everything. It builds character. If you can stay at a hostel and if you're going to do it by yourself, do it. One thing that I want to say about hostels that we haven't mentioned before is it's not a place where you can really unpack your stuff. Like a lot of the times when you go to a hotel, you want to get your laundry out and unpack and put things away. Or if you're in a place for a long period of time, if you're staying in a hostel for a long period of time, you still can't really unpack anything. Yeah, that sucks. I do have a final thought. Let's hear it. So I remember one of my closest friends in Lebanon, I had been moving west to east through Europe, staying at hostels the entire way until I finally got to Lebanon. And she said, okay, well, because you always stay in hostels, we're going to watch that movie Hostel. And oh my God. <laughs> I just want to say that that movie was so inappropriately named because it had nothing to do with hostels. I mean, I get where they were going with it, but no. They were just simply pr preying on people staying at a hostel. Yeah, yeah. It has nothing to do with the experience itself. And you know what? I don't like scary movies. You can skip it. That was a disgusting, gruesome movie. It really was. But I have a question for you guys. We want to talk about hotels as well. So when we were in Cusco, we stayed at a hostel for a few days. I think four, three. Three, three or four. And then we went on our hiking excursion to Machu Picchu for four days. Our last night, we decided to splurge on a hotel and it wasn't even that expensive. But when we opened those double French doors into our hotel room. <laughs> it was a beautiful colonial style building hotel. So that's why we had the double French doors as Kim is describing. Wasn't that like the most magical thing we walked into? Yes, it was like <laughs> luxury. We're like, wow, we really splurged and treated ourselves on this trip. And they had a breakfast buffet. Oh, and Ooh. it was good. It was pretty bomb. I didn't know you were at the hotel with us. I didn't end up actually <laughs> I was gonna say. I was going to say, I don't think Kim was uh, there for it. She checked in and then didn't see her till the next day. But, you know, that's a story for another time, I guess. But yes, perfect segue, Kim. Moving on to the hotels, let's talk about some of the pros. I think hotels are pretty much the most common place that people stay when they're traveling. Mm -hmm. Robes are frequently found in hotels. Slippers, all of those nice amenities. Some nicer hotels will have like really luxurious body wash and shampoo and towels 
pools and AC. I just want to throw out real quick here as we're talking about hotels. Yes, some hotels aren't necessarily five star, four star. When we're talking about hotels in this, we're talking about more high end ones. We're not talking about motels, although we are motel people at times, too. So no judgment on that. But we're talking specifically the amenities and luxuries at hotels. I remember being in Japan and, you know, this was Brittany's mom was there. And the next morning she was saying, oh, yeah, did you see the Shishido face wash? And I was like, what? I missed that. So later (laughs) that night when we were back at the hotel, I saw the Shishido face wash. And I'm just like, that is what hotels bring you. Luxury stuff in the bathroom. We had a Nespresso machine in the hotel room in Japan. Robes, like Japanese robes that you could put on. They gave us kimono. Kimonos. Kimonos. Kimonos? Yeah. Wow. I remember one. And slippers, but they're slipper people because they don't have shoes inside the house. So the slippers were. Love that. Yeah. We also stayed in one where the tile outside of the bathroom was heated. So when you get out of the showers, heated floors. Didn't we stay in one in Jackson Hole? I think that's where it was. Yeah. And it was nice because it's a cold place. It was a cold place. Yep. You know what else the hotels in Japan always had? What? Shoehorns. Yes, they (laughs) did. What's a shoehorn? Oh, to put it on? They help you put on your shoe without having to bend and tuck your finger into the heel to get it through. But we're- They're just so nice. We're stuck on Japan, although- I have one more comment about Japan. Yes, (laughs) okay. Well, just, I mean, how can you not get over their their toilets? I knew that's where that was going. (laughs) (laughs) But like even when we were in China, they had toilets with the hoses or in Lebanon, they have the um, they have the hoses as well. Same as in the Philippines Mm -hmm. or the bidets when you're in Europe. Mm-hmm. But that's just common bathroom stuff, I guess. Not necessarily for the hotels, although I mean, they are I mean, you're not finding hotels. it in a hostel, Jamal. That's true. Maybe a hostel in Japan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we need to check out hostels in Tokyo now. I think without a doubt, anytime anybody enters a hotel, the first thing you do is like put your stuff down and scope everything out. Look at the shower, look at the soaps, look, test the bed out, open the curtains, go on the balcony. Like, it's one of my favorite things about just entering a hotel. Another plus uh, about staying at a hotel hotel is you have air conditioning and heating. We didn't mention this under the hostels, but I have stayed at some hostels in the middle of summer in Europe without an AC and it is disgusting and it is sticky and Mm. it is so hot. And when you're at a hotel, you never have to stop and think, oh, I wonder if they have an AC. I wonder if they have a heater. It's just first class. Oh my God, I blast it. I am freezing cold in the hotel room and I love the blackout curtains. Oh, the blackout curtains. I just want to get a hotel and sleep. (laughs) Kim, have you ever been to a hotel where they're like, would you like a uh, tour of your room? I have actually the Cromwell in Vegas. And the guy takes our bags, walks us up there. He shows us, you know, some stuff around the room. And he shows us if you go into the shower, the walls of the shower are also in the room. There's like no division. So when you turn the lights off, whoever's in the shower is like a silhouette of their sexy Ooh, body. Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the Philippines, one time we had a rain shower that could also be converted into a regular shower. And so they were like showing us the features of how to use that. Or And they had a special bathtub too. So it was really cool features that they had in the room. But one thing you did say, Kim, was when the guy brings your bag up. So mm. you're assuming the hotel has a bellhop or someone that can bring your bags up to the room, which is a pro to a hotel. And just that there's someone you can call and get anything. I once room service condoms up to a hotel room and they were there very fast. 
Was that in Vegas? No. <laughs> okay. Well, Vegas, I would expect that. Where, where was this? It was at the Westlake Village Inn in Thousand Oaks, California. Oh, nice. Love Shout it. out. That's where the lead for The Bachelor and Bachelorette stays. You know why I think uh, that's the case is because Thousand Oaks, before the porn industry moved to Florida, used to be big in Thousand Oaks. I, so they were probably using those hotel rooms galore. And they were like, you know oh, here's, here's the condoms. <laughs> A little bit later in the day, just for fun, I called and asked for lube. And they said no. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to push it, see what they got. Okay, so when you asked for condoms, did you give a specific number? And if not, how many did they bring? No, I, I, I think I started trying to be like shy about it. I was like, so I know you guys have some stuff on hand that you can sometimes bring to people. <laughs> you weren't asking for an extra toothbrush or I forgot my razor. She's asking for condoms over here. And I think it was like a sample pack of three or two maybe. <laughs> I did not know that. Well, it's so good to know. I guess that can be put into one of the pros that we had listed, which is the concierge category. I guess you have yourself a concierge or room service bringing you some rub dubs. But my favorite thing about staying in a hotel, really, especially if you're in a new place and don't really know, the concierge are so helpful. They actually want to help you. They have the best recommendations for restaurants, activities to do in the place that you're staying. So a concierge is one of the best parts and pros of staying in a hotel. You can get a lot of stuff room service too from them like if you forget an outlet or a charger for your phone toothbrush safety pins if your clothes break nail file kits razors like if you forget something that's a huge pro of being in a hotel yeah. one time Zena had her earring fished out of a drain by the concierge uh, you know I felt so bad about that <laughs> I felt so bad he wouldn't, he wouldn't even take a tip and he did it all in a suit and a smile thank you <laughs> but I don't even think we've even mentioned like the amenities like the gym the spa the pools those are some big perks hotels have and if you stay at the right hotel they're going to be amazing on-site bar on-site bar on-site restaurants number one rooftops yes have we even said free breakfast buffet oh my god and you don't get those at a lot of the luxury or nicer hotels it's the ones like holiday inn and days Inn. those kind of places give you the free breakfast can we just back it up for just a second back it up back it up when Brittany was talking about the amenities I can't tell you how many times we've been on squad trips and we see the pool and we're like oh my god that's such a nice pool I can't wait to go into the pool or the hot tub later tonight and we never actually make it (laughs) (laughs) because we were too busy having an easy day well you know what Zaina you missed out on the amenities in the hotel in China but Kim and I found them real well (laughs) I'm just going to throw this out again. Kim and Brittany were taking nudies of each other in the tub down in the spa area while Zaina was having a blackout in the room during the shower. So that's that's what happened. I forgot what episode we went into greater detail on that end. But what episode number three for China. Go back and listen to that, guys. But I don't think we talked about that specifically in there. We're talking about an episode where we're talking about freakouts, but uh, that's neither (laughs) here nor there. Another pro that I do want to mention real quick before we move on to the cons of the hotel that we didn't touch upon is the privacy in a hotel. If you're going with a group of people and we know we've discussed this as the squad, sometimes we'll share a room, but sometimes we'll split rooms and not share. 
The privacy is very, very clutch and sometimes much needed in a hotel. You have your own restroom in that sense. Don't have to share with other people who you're traveling with. You can, you know, instead of having to put a little tie on the door to let people know not to come in, you just have your privacy. <laughs> yeah. In fact, last month, Kim, Jamal, myself, and Louie all made it to Breckenridge and we debated if we were going to get a room together, but we all opted for privacy and Kim and Louie got their own room and Jamal and I got our own room. Well, there given, was no debate. I'm I, not rooming with you guys with my boyfriend too. I was going to say, given <laughs> Kim's story about the Thousand Oaks Hotel and the rubbers, I mean, <laughs> you know, we need our own room apparently at this point. Maybe the first night when we stayed nearby the airport, was just, you know, sleep and go, but not the other one. That was a vacation. <laughs> Hey travelers, let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We now have six different trip itineraries. One week in Kauai, an American Southwest weekender road trip, a week in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks, a road trip adventure featuring all three of Washington State's national parks, Big Island Hawaii, and an Arizona road trip that features all three of Arizona's national parks. We are obsessed with these. These itineraries are 20 to 30 pages PDF guides with every detail of the trip laid out. We're talking about where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance fees, where to eat, driving distance between attractions, what things to see and do, the hikes we recommend, the mileage of the hikes, and even the recommended time to a lot for each one, plus so much more. We have story highlights on our Instagram at Travel Squad Podcast where you can see the full guides. We have done all of our research and actually taken these exact trips. And we have taken all of the guesswork out of the planning. So all you have to do is show up and have fun. Purchase your comprehensive Travel Squad Podcast itinerary on our website at TravelSquadPodcast.com. Best of all, they're on sale right now for $25. That's 50% off the regular price. So travel on over now to get yours today. So we've talked about lots of the pros of staying in a hotel. Do one of you ladies want to start us off with some of the cons? Cons, a hotel, because it comes with the amenities and the privacy, are usually going to come with a higher cost than you can expect from a hostel, obviously. You pay for that. And in fact, sometimes they sneak in fees like parking fees. 40 fucking bucks to park. What the fuck? What the fuck per day? Sometimes Self-parking. Too. Or resort fees. Resort fees. I hate resort fees. Excuse me? <laughs> I know. You're going to charge me for Wi-Fi when I'm here in the United States and I could just get my own data? You're going to charge me for the gym when I'm not even going to the gym? Maybe, necessarily, right? So if they have them, I can understand, but it's just like, that's a really big pet peeve. And I will say this about Vegas. Vegas used to be really good about, you know, having free parking at the major hotels. Now they're getting cheap and shysty on it. Sorry in charge for parking. They've already been in the resort fee game for a while, but that is one of the things that comes with staying in hotels is those added up fees. And I hate when a hotel is listed for like 35 bucks a night and mm-hmm. then you start to add on like the taxes or the extra guest expense or the resort fee. And then like by the end of it, you're like 200 bucks later. Might as well call them Spirit Airlines. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Another con to the hotels is going to be no kitchens. You know, more often than not, they will have a microwave and a refrigerator. So that can be a pro, but no kitchen. So that means eating out more, which means a larger expense. Now, some people may want to be eating out a lot when they're on vacation, which by all means, good for you. We like to do that every once in a while, but every once in a while, we still like to make our own meals, be a little bit healthier, know what it is that we're cooking. So con is the no kitchen. Yeah, that kind of sucks sometimes when you're trying 
traveling and you have no other option but to eat out for every meal it's kind of it gets old kind of searching for somewhere to eat what are you going to order nowhere to store leftovers yeah another con too is if you're traveling with a large group you have to spread out your party because the rooms only accommodate you know two to four people when you're at a hostel you can get a room with multiple people when you're an airbnb you can pick a large airbnb or timeshare but for hotels specifically you might only be able to book two or four people in a room so your party may need to spread out yeah that would suck or if you do have four people in a room it can be kind of tight get dirty and it is a pro that they have room service to clean your room and make your bed which is really nice but still four to a room like the max is kind of tight limited mirror space limited bathroom space shower rotation i was gonna say with zana here we gotta throw out this shower rotation (laughs) only when you're traveling with zana though no i have a theory about that but that's another time let's hear it what's your theory no it's all good no we want to hear your theory the listeners want to hear your theory (laughs) it's not me it's not me all i will say zana is when you haven't been on squad trips i've never heard an issue with the rotation of the shower i'm gonna be (laughs) i think zana's on to something because really it was just that one trip we had an issue with oh i know it's an inside joke no one really thinks it's (laughs) zana you know what you guys may be laughing and whatnot but if i like to shower first it's not a big deal it becomes a big deal. <laughs> Zana's having an on-air freak out, everybody. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean that in the sense of like, I do like to shower first. Okay, so I'll say, oh, can I shower first? It takes someone else getting irritated in order to have that. So if someone else is getting irritated, they should ask themselves why they're getting irritated. There's no issue unless someone disagrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's like the fairness of it. And if you think that you're able to do it every single time, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it, but we've never never had any issues any other trip so stay in a hostel where there's eight showers you can pick from you can exactly. see why this is on the con list because it's brought up a hot topic of debate but moving on I'm, i just, just want to say like i'm feeling very triggered right now i'm very very angry i threw out earlier zana we say it as an inside joke just to rag on you no one really means it when we say it okay well moving on to the next one so i think a con but could also be a pro is the hotel's cancellation policy sometimes they don't allow you to refund or only within a certain amount of time but often on the pro side they do have really good cancellation policies you can cancel up to like 24 or 48 hours before i know as a a little bit of a pro and a con i guess on when you book on expedia they have different hotels that either let you pay a deposit pay the rest then or pay nothing and pay when you get there or sometimes you have to pay in full and they there is not that option so could be a pro or con depending on the terms yeah and i think hotels i mean they really have the luxury aspect of them a lot of them you know again we're, we're not staying like at five Five star ones, but you know, nice hotels. They have the amenities. They're nice. They offer that privacy. They have the cons of having no kitchen, having to spend more money out to eat, but they are really nice places to be if you want to pamper yourself. I also want to say, going back to pros, because I guess there's a lot of pros for hotels. Sometimes they'll do little events. There is a hotel in Seattle called the Hotel Max. And every day at like from five to six or five to seven, they do craft beer hour. So you can go down to the lobby and get free craft beer from Seattle. I remember when Brittany and I got to a hotel in the Florida area, Miami area, when we were going to Biscayne uh, and Dry Tortugas National Park, we had just missed their happy hour at their bar in the lobby. And I was like, oh, we, we missed happy, a hour. happy hour. Yeah. In the lobby? Remember yeah. we stayed at Paris in Las Vegas and they had cookies? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then when we went to Victoria Falls, we stayed at a safari lodge and every day at one o'clock, they did a vulture feeding. 
yep. right outside Ooh. of the hotel, which was super oh, that was badass. The St. Regis in Princeville, and they did the champagne savory. Yes, every yeah. sunset. Well, now that we're on the topic, let's just mention a few of the favorite hotels that we've actually stayed at. Brittany mentioned one, which I want to bring up again, which was the Victoria Falls Safari Lodge when we were on our Africa trip. And it was a beautiful, like what you would stereotypically imagine as like an African lodge overlooking a natural watering hole that elephants, giraffes, buffalo, crocodiles, they all went into that watering hole. They had the vulture feed. And as she mentioned, that was an amazing, amazing experience. And I love that hotel. I mean, the entire hotel was outside. You know what I mean? Like even when you eat, you're outside. Basically, your bedroom is the only thing inside. Like an open air lodge. And they had beautiful mosquito nets too. So you were protected in that sense when you were in the room. But yeah, it was open air lodge, really looking out into natural African savanna habitat. That was really, really awesome and the saint regis that you mentioned too kim that one was really nice in princeville hawaii the most balls to the walls i've gone on a hotel must have been atlantis in dubai oh yeah whoa that one was so nice those beds i had six pillows on my bed Six pillows on your bed. (laughs) Beautiful shower. And then even inside of the hotel, the aquarium aspect of it, where you can walk through part of the resort and see all of the fish and the stingrays swimming. They also stocked up your hotel room with water bottles. Oh, yeah. And then the balcony that overlooked the beautiful city of Dubai. We had the water park. They had the jacuzzi tub that was halfway between the room and then to the bathroom. Do you remember that? And with our stay, the water park was free free yes. entrance Kim, free you, to you didn't park. mention this robes they gave robes, oh, and the robes that's the first thing i put on as soon as we got in that room they even gave a little tote to take like your towel to Dude. the water park damn they hooked it up i want to go back <laughs> so, so many great hotels that we've uh, been to i don't want to list all of them but off the top of our heads i think those are the ones that are standing out the most i love hotels because they're starting some of them will have these great personalities so like the saguaro in palm springs has all these beautiful neon orange and pink and green that's like super cute super trendy and then the last one i want to mention is the line in austin just the amazing like resort vibe by the pool that looks out into the arboretum so you really feel like you're with the public even though you're in a private area and just like super cute decor and like and it was on the river wasn't it it was on the river yes so for some rooms you have great views of the the river or on the other side great rooms of the city can't say enough good things about it well you got me on one last one that i want to throw in before we talk about a couple worst hotel experiences because something's coming to my mind here but on the pro one i'm going to take us back to africa when we were at this one hotel that was right outside of kruger national park they literally told us we have to keep our doors closed because if you leave them open even just for a little bit as you're going in monkeys are going to come in and like steal your stuff and the whole grounds area of our hotel was like littered with monkeys it was a really awesome experience and they were like if you literally go outside this gated area you know we might even be attacked by animals like this we were in the thick of it, but this hotel was real solid, real nice. It was awesome. That's cool. That's really cool. Very unique stay. Brittany, I know you have a couple worst hotel experiences. This is one of them. One of them was with me. One of them I know was on a trip with Kim. Why don't you mention a couple of those? Well, Jamal, when we went to Florida, when we went to Universal Studios,
Studios. We stayed at a Motel 6. So not really a hotel. It was a yes. motel. It's in the names. <laughs> the entire hotel smelled like a wet dog. Ew. You could tell the carpet had like a stale smell. Oh, it smelled no. like a wet dog. Don't know if it was all the people sweating from the humidity because Florida's oh strong. I've said this before. And, you know, if we have listeners in Florida, sorry. Florida's not my thing. So, you know, that, that might have been something to do with it. We do have listeners in Florida. Sorry. I love Florida. Kim loves Florida. Kim, yes. why don't you tell us about the hotel we stayed in in Palm Desert? Brittany said, how much do you want to spend on a hotel? And I said, as, as cheap as possible. Yeah, and we got that. <laughs> <laughs> there were probably people living there. There was a lot of riffraff. It was like sketchy. near a train, <laughs> train tracks. It was very sketchy. We stayed inside most of the time. I also stayed, I went to Tijuana once and they have these hotels that are really great. I don't know if they are sex hotels or not, but this one you drive through and you tell the prompter person at the whatever I want a room you drive in you park in the garage and then you walk into your own house so it's really private and they have like pools in the middle of the hotel hot tubs in your private room and then every room has its own like neon lights and there's a bunch of weird sex stuff there too but we couldn't get this one it was sold out the day we wanted and so we were driving around it was a holiday weekend we end up booking this we call it the Bates Motel because it was just the bare bones minimum <laughs> sketchiest hotel I've ever stayed in. In Tijuana nonetheless. In Tijuana. The next day we ended up staying another day so we can get the nicer one. But yeah. <laughs> The TV, I think the buttons on the TV was like an old school tiny TV mounted on the top of the wall. The buttons were missing even on it. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> one thing I just want to say, talking about worst hotels real quick here, is do check and look at photos of places before you go and do your research whenever you're booking something. And more particularly, you know, if you're booking online, whether it be direct or through Expedia, booking.com, hotelstonight.com, wherever. One time, Brittany and I were going to the Philippines on a family trip and we were using a tour company in the sense that they book all your hotels arrange your transportation but you do everything on your own and we got the itinerary it wasn't finalized yet and we were looking at the hotels and I'm so glad we did because one of them was the most sketchiest looking hotel ever I did all the research on it saw that it looked I don't even know how to describe it, it looked like a straight-up dump quite honestly. And <laughs> yeah, when then we switched it to someplace else within that itinerary. And then when Brittany and I were in that location in El Nido in Palawan, we saw that one hotel and we looked at each other and mutually said, thank God we did not stay there. So always do look at the photos. Yes, photos can be deceiving, but they can also be revealing. What are some of the platforms that you would recommend people book hotels on? Well, I mentioned a couple while I was just going off on my tangent there on doing your research, but Expedia.com, Booking.com, HotelsTonight.com. Uh, I know you like Hotels Tonight, Kim, right? Oh Isn't God, that one I of your love... favorites? Yeah. Actually, I mentioned the Hotel Max earlier in Seattle and this is one that I booked on hotels tonight and I was watching the price for like a month on all these different platforms and I ended up booking it same day on hotels tonight for the cheapest price I saw so there you go that's a good one for your spontaneous people out there and you can always call the hotel directly and see if they have a better price than what you're seeing online or see if they're running any specials or deals so that's always an option as well I love to look at the deals and the specials because if you're planning on staying multiple days or you're planning on dining at the hotel they often do have great bundle packages where they'll give you a dining credit maybe it's ten dollars more for the total stay but they 
give you a $50 dining credit. So really do your research in those, in those regards. Sometimes I'll throw in free parking, no resort fee, an extra night stay for free. So don't always take the Expedia price at face value. All right. Checking out of the hotels and checking in. We're moving on to Airbnbs. Airbnbs are fantastic, especially if you're traveling with a group of people, whether it's four or it's 14. Airbnbs usually have good accommodations for large groups. And they can be very cost effective because you're renting out a whole space rather than several different hotel rooms. Yeah. And some Airbnbs can be as simple as, you know, somebody's studio or a one bedroom apartment or home. But when you're going to certain locations and, you know, now we're at two, three, four bedroom places and you're going as a group of people, the price per night may seem like a lot. But when you really do the breakdown of, okay, who's coming on this trip? This place is large. We're all going to share a beautiful Airbnb home. You know, it really does become cost effective. And one of my favorite pros on top of that is you're staying in a home. It's coming with a kitchen so you can make your own food. I've eaten some great meals you've cooked in Airbnbs. I try my best. (laughs) What can I say? Yeah, not only do they have kitchens, they have living rooms, washers, dryers. And then of course, like it's like a home. So you get bedrooms and there's that privacy aspect of it as well. Yeah. And I really think Airbnbs are great for families. I know we said this earlier too, you know, great for large groups could be cost effective, but even going as a family uh, on a trip, whether you're family of four, family of five, I, I think Airbnbs are really good in that sense because it, you really are in another place, but really almost like you're in your own home. So it makes it a lot easier than really being in a hotel. So I learned the hard way that when you're booking an Airbnb, you have to really pay attention because you either rent out the entire house or you rent out a room in someone's house. <laughs> well, and that could be way. in the con. <laughs> <laughs> Well, either way, Airbnb is put on the website by a host and the host can have a lot of good local recommendations for you. They can, they might hang out with you. They might even call a restaurant that they are friends with the owners for and then get you a reservation at the restaurant that you couldn't get yourself. That just happened to Brittany and I when we were in the Virgin Islands with our Airbnb host. So it's reality. Was just about to say that's a very, very specific example. <laughs> that's actually happened to me when I stayed in an Airbnb in Rome, Italy. The Airbnb host actually walked us to a restaurant. We'd just gotten there, walked us to a restaurant that he knew the people, he recommended the food, and they sat us down and we ate right there. Great recommendation. Too. Yeah. And if you're in a foreign country too and you don't know the language, you know, I, if they're hosting, they probably do know a major language like English, right? So they can help you and almost in a sense be your concierge, help you make reservations, give you directions. So it's hook a, you up with rides. Yeah. Too. So it's a pretty good local guide. Not that they're there guiding you, but in that sense, yes. You know, uh, when we were in Cuba, none of our Airbnb hosts spoke English. I so. said most places. Okay. Are you <laughs> sure in Trinidad the guy didn't speak English? I think he did. In Trinidad? No, no, no. Remember, he only spoke Spanish. You sure? The one that partied with with us in the nightclub really yeah he only spoke spanish Hmm. that's interesting the hosts are also really helpful in that sense he made us breakfast in our airbnb amazing yeah that was that was amazing i remember we had coffee and it was like some of the best coffee i'd ever had and i asked him where i could find some and he actually went and got it for me and brought it back oh that's so sweet i know and that's one of my regrets because i didn't drink coffee at the time and i heard everyone talking about how amazing that coffee was and i'm like ah coffee but now i'm just like oh my god i wish i tried that coffee (laughs) i've heard cubans have really good coffee actually (sighs) i missed out i would die for more of that coffee and another pro is that airbnbs have the ability to do personalized touches like the Airbnb that we stayed at in St. 
Thomas had beach towels, beach chairs, scuba gear. So it all fit the area that we were in. And then we stayed in another Airbnb in Oxnard and she the host got us some desserts for that Aww. night which was really sweet and she wrote a card with our name Aww. and like mm-hmm. it was a very personalized touch that's really sweet I've seen like sign-in books and different treats being left but I wanted to just formally state my lifelong desire to stay in an Airbnb but my boyfriend so Louie if you're listening has already confirmed with the Airbnb these extra touches so like rose petals when you open the door champagne <laughs> Left. It's an added expense to the cost, but that's okay. I w- that is my dream to have an experience like that. <laughs> well, I have a question, but it's hard to follow up with a question after um, <laughs> that. But Jamal and Brittany, earlier off air, you guys were talking about your experience in Virgin Islands, and you made the comment that your host was a super host. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, I think what it means, because Brittany does more of the Airbnb bookings, but I think you have so many reviews at such a high level that it's a specific category within Airbnb like you're deemed a super host you know no one has issues with you they speak highly of you things of that nature they go above and beyond like we were talking earlier he made reservations for us at a sold out place because he knows the owner he has all the amenities in the location for a beach vacation right the beach chairs the snorkel gear an ice chest for your alcohol when you go to the beach because they allow open containers on the beaches over there by the way so I mean that's what qualifies to be a super host is your reviews and those added touches which people mention to Airbnb and they give you like super host category. There's also a new feature you can search in Airbnb, Airbnb Plus. And these Airbnbs are styled like super cute, great spaces, great furniture, like really, really pretty cute Instagrammable places. And now you can select that feature and only look for places like that. Oh, that's really cool. That would be great for things like bachelorette party or birthday party or, you know, some kind of like trip you're taking with a group. Yeah, I was also going to say one of the pros that we haven't mentioned yet are the amenities some Airbnbs have. Like I know, Kim, you went and stayed in an Airbnb that had ocean views. Oh yeah, that was so nice. Oh or my gosh. they might have pools or hot tubs or balconies or patios or, you know, like a whole bunch of different amenities. Each place is going to be personalized, of course, but that is a pro to some of the Airbnbs. Another one of my dreams. <laughs> Louie, if you're listening. <laughs> with Airbnb is to, to rent it for a month and Ooh. actually actually live in it and since I work from home I can work too but I would love to do that and they do a 20% discount when you book a full month that's really cool I didn't even know that and where would you like to do that for a month maybe Austin or somewhere I haven't been like Nashville so I can go and explore a little bit so I can still work but then like have evenings to live like a local do remote working now's the perfect time I know days of COVID but with all the pros with anything there are going to be some cons one of the biggest cons of an Airbnb is going to be the unreliable amenities. As Brittany was saying, each place is different. You know, these are people's homes or rental properties. So everything is going to look different. And on top of that, but what we mean also by unreliable amenities is and this isn't necessarily like a hotel. It depends on what the host is going to do. You may not have soap in there. You may not have shampoo and conditioner. AC, AC, yeah. So you do have to keep that in mind of where you're booking that that may be the case. They also charge extra fees for cleaning. There is a cleaning fee. Sometimes there's a deposit too that you have to put down. I know we did a staycation in San Diego and the deposit was $1,000. And that was, you know. They fucked you hard. Yeah, definitely. They 
there's a whole story we got you know railed even harder than that but <laughs> no lube <laughs> no just, lube just in the like butthole just went in raw with that one Another con can be that most Airbnbs are in residential neighborhoods and are farther from the downtown area. And so you might have to travel a little bit farther to get to a restaurant or to the beach or to explore the downtown area even. Or it may be hard to find it with the directions. Yeah, that can be hard too. I think one of the biggest cons of Airbnbs, and I think this really goes back to who the host is and are they a super host? Are they a regular host? Are they just uh, average in the middle host? Is going to be sometimes the annoying check-in process. We've had a couple issues like that one time at an Airbnb for me and Brittany, but didn't you have a really inconvenient one in Rome too, Kim? Yeah. When when I went to Italy, Rome was the first place we went. So first moments in Italy, we walk from the train station to the Airbnb, pulling our luggage down the cobblestone road. We get there and the, I told him what time we'd be arriving. So he said, okay, I'll meet you there around this time. And I think we were there maybe like 15 minutes early. So I was trying to contact him through Airbnb, but I didn't have phone service. Italy or it was really slow and squad tip. If you do have phone service like T-Mobile gives it to you internationally and it's not working for you, turn your phone off and back on and that usually helps kickstart the Wi-Fi on your phone. Awesome so, tip. There you go. So but we hadn't figured that out yet. So we we're having trouble getting in touch with the host, messaging him. We're waiting out there. I'm like, uh, he said he's coming. So I guess we just sit here and wait until he shows up. And he did show up, which is great. But I was like, kind of like, shit. <laughs> yeah. One time when Brittany and I were staying at an Airbnb in London, this is before we had international data that was included you know, sometimes they'll give you the check-in instructions the day of and a few hours before. So if you're just getting off a plane, don't actually right. have service, nowhere to connect to really Wi-Fi, you're kind of in that limbo of like, I need to find it or I'm paying international fees. So sometimes the check-in process, if it's not spelled out early and ahead of time for you, can be a little cumbersome when you get there and create issues. So that is, I think, one of the biggest cons uh, that can put a damper on a trip if you're staying at an Airbnb. Another con is sometimes they don't always have good cancellation policies and they also have the option to cancel on you. Has anyone had that happen here? I don't think so. I've not had a, anyone cancel on me, but I know that like Nicole is dealing with terrible story because she was supposed to go to Hawaii, COVID hit, and he wouldn't refund even though you couldn't go to Hawaii. Well, let me tell you, we have had an Airbnb be canceled on us, but... It did turn into a pro because it was canceled on us. Airbnb did give us, did refund us, and then gave us a credit equivalent to the amount that we had paid. Sweet. Yes. What was cool. the cancellation for you guys? Japan. They canceled a That's Airbnb right. in Japan. We were going to stay in this Airbnb for a week. So we had paid like 600 or something dollars for it. They refunded me completely. And then they gave me a $600 credit that I had to use within a year. It wasn't because they canceled on you days before before it was some kind of uh, no it was well ahead of time the japanese government was revamping the rules for airbnbs uh, making sure certain people got permits if i remember correctly our host at that time did not so they were forced to but regardless or not you know hosts for whatever reason can cancel on you at any time up until before as long as they're going to refund you right so i've never really had that happen with a hotel but minus that issue in japan i've heard of other instances where people have been canceled on especially with covid 
I know some of the governments were making rules that Airbnbs were not allowed to book. So you either couldn't book or they would cancel you or there were a certain number of minimum stays required like a month or two weeks, the quarantine periods. You know, interesting you say that because in the Virgin Islands, they did have a period of time. It was for a month where they were not accepting any new bookings through Airbnb or any hotel platforms. And we booked a week before that went into place. So we were good. <laughs> you guys said too that your host lost out on like $40,000 or something. Yeah, he had to refund $40,000 within 2020 because of COVID. That sucks. Another thing is it's not always available everywhere. There's a lot of cities that are trying to fight back against vacation rentals and therefore banning them in certain neighborhoods or certain cities. And those happen to be sometimes the ones you actually want to be in. In our complex here, we can't rent our place out as an Airbnb. Well, I think San Diego itself is having like a little bit of an issue because what it is, is like someone can obviously make double the cost of renting out their place as an Airbnb than using it to rent, right? And so then now we have less spaces on the market to rent, which mm-hmm. makes it harder to find places to rent, which drives up. The well, cost we already have rent. a housing shortage here. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's issues within any state, within any city, and there's always going to be the pushback. So that could be a con. Again, you can make the reservation and it gets canceled because there's some sort of local ordinance change on you. Right. So I think those are some perfect examples of the cons and it could affect the trip if you're you've booked and you're ready for it and saw the place and are all excited. But, you know, that comes with the territory. Zaina, what's been your favorite Airbnb that you've stayed in? Havana? Um, I would say it's the one actually in Chinatown in Cuba. No, I'm just kidding. That was like the worst. <laughs> That's when Zaina accidentally booked a room instead of the whole place. And our host was very scary. <laughs> got mad at Jordan. Um, he got mad at me because I met a Cuban boy that showed up and knocked on his door and he was pissed. <laughs> they gave a, He gave us two sets of keys. Only one worked for downstairs. Kim, Jordan and I came home drunk one night at like... What, I had to hop the like, <laughs> we're screaming at Isel, come down and open it up. And she's on the fourth floor. Like that was a crazy experience. But I don't know. Uh, I Everything to me is a blur. I have to really sit down and think about an experience and whether or not it was a hotel or an Airbnb. Kim, do you have a favorite Airbnb? I think the one that's just fresh in my mind is near Valle de Guadalupe in Mexico. We stayed in this Airbnb that was in a gated community on the very top of the hill. It was the last house on the top of the hill and had gorgeous views of the ocean. It had nice, huge like table to eat out there and a wooden swing. It was really, really cute. Jamal, do you have a favorite Airbnb? Two are coming to mind for me right now. One is going to be our most recent one. We've been talking about it here in the U.S. Virgin Islands. I really enjoyed our Airbnb a lot. The host was great. The place was even nicer on top of that. But the other one I'm thinking of is going to be the Chicago Airbnb that we stayed at on our squad trip. That was real awesome. It was like classic Chicago architecture, brick home, type look and it had a balcony that overlooked downtown Chicago and just so beautiful. So I would say those two are sticking out the most of all the ones that we've stayed at. You didn't even give the U.S. Virgin Islands Airbnb any justice. I mean, it had two master bedrooms. It had a patio with ocean views. It was just super beautiful with wood vaulted ceilings. So And the host is building a pool down below too. It's not done yet, but he's building one. And it was on the third story. It was amazing. So I I don't think you did that justice. I stayed in a really cool one outside of Palm Springs too that was two bedrooms, but it had like 
150 different types of chairs and different seating areas. And it was in a secluded property and everything was like really like desert hipster kind of decor. Super cute. Before we move on from Airbnb, I just want to say Airbnb is not the only platform where you can book private homes. There's VRBO.com and there's several, several others besides Airbnb. But let's check out of our Airbnbs and move into a similar but very different kind of fusion place to stay. You guys know this one well because you actually own one. So tell us a little bit about timeshares. So timeshares are a great place to stay on vacation. Now, most people, when they think of timeshares, they think of the ownership aspect of it. And yes, you do have to own, but sometimes timeshares will actually rent out and they can be found on platforms such as Expedia that we were talking about and other rental platforms. So you can find them without being the owners. But what I like them is because they're almost like Airbnbs, but hotel style, right? You know, one person doesn't own it. It's owned by a company, but they rent rooms as studios, one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedrooms. They have kitchens. They have washers and dryers. They have game room areas where if you want to get out of your room, you can go play pool. Some of them have movie theaters that you can go in to see. They have their pools, their jacuzzi. So it's pretty much like staying at a hotel, but at the same time, having your own apartment. Mm -hmm. Another pro to a timeshare is they do have free offers. So for example, you watch a timeshare presentation and in exchange, they might give you a free ticket or half off a ticket to do a cruise or an excursion that you want to do. Or a gift card. Or a gift card. Brittany, this was one of the most interesting things I ever saw. She's not easily persuaded. (laughs) We went to- Brittany's a a hard ass. We went to a timeshare presentation in Kauai when we were staying at our time she was a sliver of an inch away from signing on to a second timeshare i remember going into it and kim and are like oh my god i hope she doesn't hit us up because you know that the idea is that they want to sell you a timeshare and so kim and i are like oh my gosh i hope she doesn't hit us up and i was like kim just tell her no tell her you have bad credit whatever we're like give each other pep talks before we go in they didn't even fucking look at us with britney at the table (laughs) and then we're in the middle of this master negotiation like it was back and forth it was fucking exhilarating it was so (laughs) exciting and on top of that we were fucking running low on coffee creamer and it was like ten dollars at the store and we had because we're in hawaii hawaii's expensive two days left and they had a shitload of individual coffee creamers so we (laughs) loaded up with all the coffee creamers that we could we all sat at the table joking around fuck them hard and then later the lady comes out and it turns out i don't know if Brittany or this lady are fucking each other harder man but they're going <laughs> at it and it was just so exciting to watch thank you for that Brittany we didn't end up buying that second timeshare by the way <laughs> because squad tip when you're at a timeshare presentation they will try to get you to stay longer to keep negotiating Brittany told them from the front we have 90 minutes in 90 minutes we have to leave so when that 90 minutes came up she was like nope 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 gotta go gotta go gotta go so have your out before you go in that's true right because the free gifts and offers that Brittany was talking about we mentioned some of them will be straight cash it'll be on a gift card it will be and when we were in hawaii it was a buy one get one free for the sunset cruise on the Mm -hmm. nepali coast right and those are expensive so we were like all right we're gonna invest an hour and a half of our time get those little goodies and freebies and like zaina was saying on top of that we fucked them hard with that coffee creamer (laughs) because 
food and everything is outrageously expensive in Hawaii. But beyond just that, they do give you nice amenities. I remember one time when Brittany and I were staying at a timeshare in Las Vegas, they were like, do you want to come see one? We knew we weren't going to buy one. We're like, all right, we'll get a hundred bucks towards dinner tonight. What else are we doing this morning? And then they had like a beautiful breakfast buffet. So they do give you stuff to butter you up in that sense. You just have to be firm with the no. So that can be a pro getting some free stuff when you're staying at a timeshare. And timeshares are really good for families or for groups. The squad has stayed in a timeshare, but it would be really great for a family because they have up to three rooms for timeshares as well. They also have amenities like tennis courts, pools, hot tubs, even sometimes they have like barbecue grills where we did barbecue dinner one night. Ours had free popcorn too. And free coffee. (laughs) And then you could go in and rent DVDs and they have DVD players in there. So again, think of this really as a hotel, but again, your own private residence. That's what the timeshare is for you on that. And so it gives you all those amenities that we talked about with an Airbnb, the ability to have your own kitchen to do some cooking if that's what you want to do, depending on where you're staying, such as a place expensive as Hawaii. When you buy your food in bulk, like we did at Costco and did some cooking for some of our meals, you save a lot of money that way too. So that pro can't be understated having your own kitchen. The other thing was the washer and dryer was so clutch. We washed and dried our swimsuits and towels every day. In a place like Hawaii, you really need a washer and dryer because everything ends up so fucking sandy. The other thing that was cool is we all did our laundry before we came home from that trip. Love it. (laughs) Yeah, so we didn't have to do laundry, just unpacked our suitcase and everything was clean. So again, whether it be timeshare or Airbnb, if your Airbnb has laundry, that is a solid pro. You know what? I'm gonna throw out a squad tip. So right before we went to the U.S. Virgin Islands, I bought some of the Tide Pods Mm -hmm. and I packed those because I didn't want to have to buy laundry detergent and worry about, am I going to waste it or is it going to be enough or is it going to be too much while we were gone? So I just packed some Tide Pods and I did some laundry. So all of my clothes came back clean from the Virgin Islands. They didn't pop in your bag or anything? No, I put them in a a plastic container. Oh, okay. See, and an Airbnb, depending on the host, may or may not have the laundry detergent for you, even though they provide the washer and dryer. However, every timeshare we've stayed at has always included your, however, every timeshare that we have stayed at has always included our detergent. So we don't need those for the timeshares. Unfortunately, like everything else, timeshares do have cons. And I want to say one of the biggest cons is they do have service fees or expensive guest certificates. So if Jamal and I aren't the ones to rent it out and someone else wants to check in because they're renting it from us, they do charge a a pretty hefty fee for a guest certificate. Another one too is that you have to check in on a certain day. It's not like you can decide to go on a Tuesday or something like that. It's very, very specific. That's a very good point. I almost forgot about that. That's so true is they are specific on the dates you have to check in. Some of them are, right? Some, most of them are because they're rented out in like week format for people who own them. Now, a lot of newer timeshares, they're on a point system versus Mm -hmm. week. So if you're an owner, you can choose a specific day, but sometimes even if you're a renter, there's set days uh, that you have to choose. So that can be a hindrance in terms of dictating if you could stay there or when you can go on a trip. 
and keeping with that theme, they are sometimes specifically week rentals. So you have to stay in one location for a week. So that could be a pro depending on if you're in a small island like Hawaii, like we were. But if you are going someplace else and there's lots of things to do around in the vicinity, but not quick within a day drive, you're just like, well, shit, now I'm stuck here for a week. And now I may pay more money to stay one night at a hotel to be closer to do something I want to do elsewhere. Right. So that is a very big con. Another big con is that there is pressure to attend a presentation or to buy a timeshare. And yeah, you get those perks when you make it through, but it's like a stressful situation. Yeah, Brittany almost bought one we saw. <laughs> <laughs> so you could walk out of there getting real screwed. You know? I feel like I almost always buy one. But you know what tip is that if you really don't want to buy a timeshare, then just let them know that your credit is shot. You just filed for bankruptcy. Like, <laughs> no, but you know, like they can't, it's, it's based on credit. They're going to have to run your credit. So when you tell them that up front, just know that if they're still trying to pressure you, like th there has to be some kind of illegal aspect and you can even call them out. Like, dude, I just told you my credit is shot. Even if it's not just, just it's a tip. <laughs> I have a squad tip for you guys. Give it to us. Timeshares allow you after you purchase them, you have a certain time period that's called a right of rescission mm. to tell them that you want to cancel it for your full money back. But do be aware, depending on what state you're in, sometimes it's three days, sometimes it's 10 days. But I think every state in the United States has a time period for you to tell them that you want out of the contract with no penalties. So if you go to a timeshare presentation, and you get suckered in, don't feel trapped. You can get out. <laughs> Just read your contract. But some of the nice places that we've stayed at our timeshare. We've mentioned it, the Wyndham Valley High that we stayed at in Princeville, Hawaii on the island of Kauai. Brittany and I have stayed at timeshares in Vegas. We did one on Disney property when we went to Disney World in Orlando. And we have an upcoming trip to Williamsburg that we're using our timeshare just as well in Virginia. So really looking forward to that. So they are very nice, but each one of those trips, we're staying one week in one location. So it makes sense. Wonderful. Well, we do have a couple of Questions of the week. Questions Woo. of the week. So let's jump right into them. Our first question comes from Joe from Delaware, and he's asking, what is your opinion on staying in motels? You get what you paid for, man. <laughs> <laughs> but Brittany says that knowing very well that we stay in motels quite often too. So like I said, when we we're talking about hotels, you know, we were talking about more high-end ones. We do stay at motels. Sometimes if you're getting someplace late at night, only going to be sleeping, leaving in the morning, we're all about the motel game. That is for sure. Yeah. If you're literally going to land at like 11 PM and you're going to be up by like five or six, don't splurge on a hotel. Mm -hmm. Just go to a motel, sleep, do what you need to do, get ready, leave. I will say this. Don't get a one-star motel, at least get a two. <laughs> Possibly a three but yeah motels are a-okay if they're just a place to sleep and you're not staying there for the luxuries have you of ever checked in somewhere and had to check out i have not we have not i hope to god that never happens to me i haven't had to either all right we have a second question and this one is coming from dale from south dakota and dale is asking where do you recommend staying in san diego in terms of airbnb hotel or what area of san yeah diego? i think he's asking like between the different types of accommodations okay Okay. 
Well, I know you have a specific answer, Kim, because we've actually talked about this before because we have some friends that come from Northern California that don't necessarily want to stay with us. And they've asked that very same question. Yeah. And I, I think it does depend like who you're coming with and what you're planning to do. I think an Airbnb beachfront in like Mission Beach or Pacific Beach would be absolutely amazing. Even better if you have a group. But I for hotels, I think San Diego has a lot of really great hotels too, from Oceanfront to downtown to my favorite hotel in San San Diego is the Lafayette in North Park. It's just really cute, retro. All of the hotels face the middle of the pool. It's like motel style, but it's really like kind of hipster and has fun summer pool parties. I don't think Jamal and I have stayed in a hotel in San Diego other than the Hotel Del Coronado, which isn't technically even in San Diego, it's in Coronado. But it is a luxury hotel and it is worth the stay with the Victorian wood and the beautiful beachfront and the restaurants on site and the beautiful city around it. It was worth it. I will say if you're coming as a family or if you're coming with friends to party, I would go the Airbnb route. I would say if you're coming as a couple, the hotel route, I think would be the best thing in San Diego to do. I've had, I had a boyfriend who love to get hotels and I've stayed in a lot of hotels in San Diego (laughs) and there's a lot of a lot of good ones so if anyone any other listeners out there want specific San Diego hotel recommendations hit me up Dale Kim's asking you to hit her up Dale hit me up All right, everyone, that's all we have for you this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please keep the adventures going with us by following us on Instagram and YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast. We now have the Travel Squad Podcast hashtag. If you tag your photos with that, we will share them on our profile. And please send us in those questions of the week. And if you found the information in this episode to be useful, or if you thought we were just plain funny, please make sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, guys, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Woo! Bye, everybody. Bye.